Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount+. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we have a midweek recap of Portland versus North Carolina Courage and a weekend preview of NWSL matches coming up. So we've got a lot to get through today. A quick reminder, if you're joining us live, you can watch all of our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. You can subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live. Hit subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third. Let's do it one more time. Lisa, what's going on? How are you doing today? Oh, I'm so good. Um, prepping for a very busy weekend as as always it is in the NWSL. I know we've had like meetings, meetings, meetings on our calendar today, but um, it's good that we can go live, join the people on YouTube, say, hey, uh, join us in the chat. It's great to chat with you all. Um, I'm good. I mean, we had midweek action that was truly thrilling. So I'm excited to talk about that. We've gotten a little bit more clarity on some of the news we reported earlier in the week. So um, a a lot of things to kind of chat about and break down. Uh, Watching some WNBA last night after the NWSL matches as as well, which I know you're super tuned into. Um, How are you, buddy? I'm hyped. Uh, Chicago Sky going to face Connecticut Sun, as we now know. Repeat of... uh, last year's semifinal so i'm hyped to um partake yeah. in uh, a little bit of that some season ticket holders so Woo-hoo-hoo. exciting exciting I, I've, got, like, I've got to admit here i have like um just a bit of bias there's no WNBA team in philly i respect so, like, it i have to pick up my teams wherever i can and natisha heideman plays for the connecticut sun she's a marquette gal i know her yeah. from my days there we crossed over i think like two or three years i love um, that when I was a senior, I started like interning for Marquette Athletics to like do interviews and stuff like that. So I got to chat with her a lot. I mean, I knew her very well. So she's on a I roll right now. Uh, I love that. That's how you do it. You got to make those connections, find, yeah, find that emotional attachment. There's nothing better <laughs> than like making sports this emotional <laughs> thing. <laughs> so we're Maybe excited about it. Something there that's not actually there. So, yeah, you know, exactly. go, go Connecticut Sun. That's not like it's something that people don't do ever when it comes to sports. But uh, I mean, look, I'm over here talking about I'm getting really excited for the Chicago Sky. So that's that's how you do it. baby. Um, But yeah, excited for for WNBA playoffs uh, to continue and excited for us to continue recapping and previewing the NWSL regular season. It's not necessarily the playoffs yet, but it's getting real 
real close. Plenty of teams already in the midst of their final third of the season, quite frankly. Others sort of just entering and, and stepping in to that right now. Let's let's start with that. We had um, midweek action this week. Just last night, North Carolina Courage hosting Portland Thorns FC. They pick up a second consecutive win. Is the unthinkable going to happen here? I don't know. Right. But there's a it's something to got to celebrate the the doves when you get in and the courage have two in a row now. But at what cost, Lisa? Because yeah. even though they won this game, they end up winning three one against Portland Thorns Wednesday night goals from Diana Ordonia. She is level with Sophia Smith now in this golden boot race. It's Alex Morgan with 12 goals on the season. And now Diana Ordonia is the rookie and Sophia Smith with 11 goals getting the opening goal scoring here. And then you have Davinia uh, getting a go ahead goal early. Rocky Rodriguez trying to pull one back for the thorns of Meredith Smith, putting this one on ice for the courage. And we saw uh, Ordonia's have to come out of this one kind of early. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, definitely one of the lowest points of, of this game is watching Diana Ordonez go down, looks to be her shoulder is injured, um, which is very painful. It's incredibly painful to have your shoulder pop out of, of its socket. I don't know if that's what happened, but uh, did not look you're, great you're, from that. You're, you speak about that as if like you <laughs> might have experience with it. Have you had a shoulder injury before? As a I have not had like any shoulder surgery. So like I'm very lucky and fortunate there. I'm going to knock on some wood as, as yeah. you know, Sandra, and maybe some of our listeners, I play soccer a couple times a week. I, I try yeah. to work out, try to do my pull-ups on occasion. And there are definitely days where I'm like, this is not a good day for my shoulder, but um, it's just painful. It's not great to happen. And, and ultimately they take her off the pitch, which I think is a super smart decision at this point. She's already scored her goal and she ends up being in a sling on the sidelines, um, but no stretcher, right? Like, but also it's an upper body injury. Like most times players can walk after that, no matter what happens. Um, we were told in the post game from Sean Nehas, head coach of the courage that we would find out hopefully today. Um, and at this point of this recording, we're going live right now in, in the afternoon, right before three o'clock Eastern. There's no word yet on Ordonez and, and kind of what can happen there. Um, but it, we will find out. I, I wouldn't expect to see her play this weekend because both of these sides, Portland and North Carolina back in action this weekend. Um, Sandra, I'm sorry, but we just have to like pause, rewind, go back because you said at the beginning when you started talking about this game, we have to celebrate the little wins. And I would like to take a moment to celebrate my win of picking North Carolina <laughs> to win this match over the Thorns because I, I picked the courage. I, I wanted them to, to go I on a little it. bit of a streak and a run. And that's exactly what they did. With this three-goal win, I mean, and this was huge. I think the fans in in Cary, North Carolina, showed up at Wake Med. Uh, you could tell it was a home game for North Carolina, and that perhaps gave them the little lift that they needed. But or Ordonez had a great game, and so this injury is pretty devastating, but we don't know the, the depths of it yet. But either way, like to go down and have to come off is not always a positive thing. But her combination play with Caroline and Dabinia is just fantastic. I think Brianna Pinto had a great game. I mean, Denise O'Sullivan has been putting in so much work defensively for this North Carolina side that in the midfield, um, 
it, she just does it so well. She does it so, so well for them. Uh, and, and really stopping Sophia Smith uh, from getting on the board in this match, which I think was a pretty big deal for, uh, for North Carolina, even though Rocky Rodriguez does get one for Portland, the lone goal for the Thorns in this match. Uh, but a heck of a battle between these two sides. We knew it was going to be. And they're both back in action this weekend, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah, I um I thought that this game was a little bit different compared to some of the midweek matches that we've witnessed over the course of the last couple months specifically. I I just I, there was a moment where I was torn. I was like, do I want to actually like just for parity's sake go the opposite side and go with Thorns, which I ultimately ended up doing, or do I maybe want to go with a draw? Because there have been moments where sometimes you sort of see a team coming off of a heavy match, it'll kind of hit a wall a little bit. Sometimes a quick turnaround. Um, we see that happen for, for both uh, teams on the pitch. But I don't know if I necessarily uh, think you had that feeling uh, watching mm-hmm. this match between the two teams. I thought that the Courage did a pretty good job of, of making sure that they took advantage of the fact that, you know, the Thorns were coming off of, of that uh, WICC tournament and, you know, kind of getting stepping back into uh, regular season, um, you know, match play. And then you s- kind of saw the you know, with the starting 11 and then the adjustments that we saw, the player rotations that we saw from Coach Wilkinson for the Thorns, you kind of saw, like, they're, they're going to have to, you know, take a look at their match week this week, knowing that they've got, you know, midweek game and then there's things ahead in the future. So I was a little bit curious if perhaps we were going to continue to see the courage just sort of go out there and, and get at it. And that's really what we saw in this game. I think really early on sort of seeing, you know, the continuation of of – this it's it's special. I think what we're what we're witnessing right now. I think regardless of where you're looking at a team's standing at this point in the season, you're looking at a team like the Courage and you're looking at their attack. And you have got to be as optimistic as ever. I think for the season ahead of you. Quite frankly, I think mm-hmm. you know you're talking 25 minutes into this game. Ordonia's continuing to to just be this threat for for the courage in the back, no matter who is on the, uh, you know, assisting end of it, whether it's Carson Pickett who had a great ball in or, or somebody like, well, you know, so the Binia or Caroline or, or Caroline, like continuing their chemistry, you know, on the pitch together. So it's a, it's an exciting time. I think regardless uh, of the standings for, for this team. And I, and I was curious if, if maybe we were going to be heading for a draw because, you know. know, talking about players making an impact, having Rodriguez up into this match and so sort, just sort of trying to, to help the thorns kind of take a little bit of control in the, in the midfield there um, to get one back and it just past the hour mark. I thought maybe there were the makings of, of a draw potentially in this one. Fantastic. Um, link up between her and, and Yasmin Ryan, who is continuing to to have a really good second half of the season Huge. for the Thorns. Um, but again, I think it really was about just sort of maybe a little bit of player adjustment or in-game adjustments because we're just we just sort of saw after that how 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 Speck was able to kind of put things away for the courage. And she was someone that that subbed in um as well. So big three points, I think, for for the courage, it, even if it's just for mentality sake, right? Like moving forward. Um, and then like you said, like listening to to Nahas in, in the post game that a big part of, of Ordonia's coming out was because of like maybe looking ahead a little bit that they don't want to, it was, she was taken out uh, more out of, you know, precautionary measures, not so much. It was the staff that sort of made yeah. that decision for them. Not saying in the post game that 
the doctors were going to leave it up to the players and the coach said, well, actually, we're not going to no. leave it up to the player. <laughs> we're going to make sure that we just look ahead a little bit and say, no, that she's too young and she's too good to be kind of frivolous uh, with that. So and, um, and she had already scored at that point. Like that's yeah. something really important to look at. 24th minute, she gets a goal. And about 10 minutes later in the 33rd minute is when um, – she goes down and this substitute happens. So it, a player at that point is, is riled up. They're super confident. Yeah. They're like, no, I want to keep my, I want to yeah. keep going. Um, I think it's honestly the super smart decision and, and hindsight, right? 2020, but the courage end up getting the win in this one, no matter yeah. what. So could Diana maybe had had a, a brace in this game or, or made it four one perhaps, but it doesn't matter. They picked up the three points. Uh, she has now 11 goals on the year. I think the rotation with Brittany Radcliffe coming in was a great substitute for Sean Neha. She provided a lot. And I know, I know you were talking about Yasmin Ryan and some of these, um, underrated players, but they're not underrated. They just maybe don't get as much recognition because they're not picking up individual points yeah. on this or goals for their team, but they're doing a lot of the dirty work. And, and Radcliffe is one that influenced um, definitely the third goal on this game. And, and even the second one a little bit on Dabinia. She just made these great runs. She was dragging uh, the defenders away from other people. I mean, and that Dabinia goal, the, the second goal for North Carolina, it was such a beautiful uh, uh, incredible, incredible shot. And then Abby Smith gets a great save for Portland. I mean, this game had a little bit of everything. Yeah. We and that's the other side of it, too. We're talking about the goals, but, you know, shame on us because we say that we love defense and we love goalkeeping. But Abby Smith, like, stepping in for Bella Bixby in this one, you know, yeah. again, I, I, the head coach, the coaching staff, like, making, you know, smart decisions for their players as the as the regular season kind of winds down. Wilkinson also saying, like, hey, like, Bixby was going to sit this one out, wasn't necessary for her to travel Smith is more than capable, and we saw Smith, you know, the scoreline doesn't reflect that, but came up with some massive saves in this one for, for Portland. So I'm curious to sort of see where these two teams go from this midweek match as they both have some games, uh, you know, coming up in, in into the weekend, which we will preview. But first, we want to talk about some news updates uh, before we get into making our picks for this weekend's slate of games. The Washington Spirit... Uh, give an update on the Chris Ward dismissal. Uh, their club president, Mark uh, Kikorian, stepping in to have a press conference addressing the media today on Thursday and uh, basically said that the dismissal ultimately uh, came by way after a incident uh, occurred at the training grounds. And ultimately, the Spirit have notified the NWSL and the NWSL Players Association. They went ahead and they met with their players. And according to Kikorian, said that it became apparent to me and to all that a change was necessary. So um, just sort of it was not just a, a combination of, you know, a losing record or perhaps, uh, you know, a, a lost locker room that there was ultimately perhaps a, a straw that that was the final straw. And then it was this incident. Mm -hmm. um, there was no further details uh, about that. And um, quite frankly, it sounds like the club's trying to be as transparent as they can be. I know the perception of that is that they are not. But if there are players yeah, involved yeah. in an incident, I think you have to try to be responsible respectful of that at this point at this uh at this moment if players are not you know willing to you know sort of give additional details about that i think that maybe that has to be uh, respected but uh within this it was somewhat of, of a shorter press conference there wasn't additional details in terms of um 
you know, a, a next coach to be named or an interim. That is actually in the process. They have, um, you know, mentioned that uh, there are background checks that they are awaiting on, that this is something that they are trying to take uh, their their time with, of course. And, and Angela Salem is still in the meantime running uh, practices and trainings for for the team. And it's likely going to be on the sidelines for the spirit when they take on Houston this weekend. Yeah, I think something that you said is very important to reiterate with this situation. Of course, transparency and details are um, not only necessary to make things better moving forward and for uh, the transparency for fans, because a lot of them just want to know, which is fine. But uh, there's always another side to a story and a situation. And um, I, I don't think that in this situation, the, the Washington Spirit is protecting Chris Ward. They may be protecting a player. And, and they took the necessary steps to tell the NWSL, to tell the NWSL Players Association, to report the incident, to remove the coach from the situation, and now report on it. Uh, perhaps it's not the way fans would have liked to see it happen. Um, but there's also a bit of a learning curve, right? A year ago at this point, um, things probably would have happened very differently. And things did yeah. happen differently in the NWSL. So we're already making those stepping points uh, to move forward and, and to work on transparency and to have that level of transparency between the clubs, the coaches, the players, the fans in the media. But there's yeah. not you're not always going to find out everything because sometimes it's not in the best interest of the player or maybe someone that was on the receiving end of this to reveal all of that. And that's their personal discretion. Um, yeah, so, of course, if there's another yeah. update, like we'll of chat course. about that yeah, and bring yeah. and bring it to, to the, to the show and, and, and discuss it. In the meantime, that's, that's just what is, you know, out there at the moment. Um, yeah. And, you know, this, this was the the firing, the termination was announced on, on a Monday. It's Thursday now where mm -hmm. this press conference has taken place. And I have to imagine if, you know, if the incident that they're referring to occurred on a Friday and then the dismissal came on a Monday, things are sort of happening in, in the process in which, you know, as quickly, I think, as, as they can yep. possibly happen. Um, and if, if you're talking about from Friday to Thursday, nearly a week in between that, if the league and the NWSL Players Association, Association has been notified of this, that that they're also maybe trying to take the appropriate steps as they deem necessary. Um, and I think, honestly, if we've learned nothing else from last year, I think a lot of folks out there, new, even, you know, neutrals or, or very invested fans of the league and the teams, if they learn nothing else from last year, it's that they maybe are trying to take their cues from the players. And I have to imagine that if nothing at this point has come out from the players association, that you it's just one of those things where you just have to sort of continue to keep your eye on it as, as news continues to drop. And if there hasn't been an additional statement or co even collaborative statement from league and the players association, you're just maybe unfortunately just going to have to sort of deal with the information that's in front of you. And that's what there yeah. is right now. I mean, that's kind of like the, the situation when you think back to James Clarkson, Houston, former Houston head coach, there's still been no update on that report. Um, yeah. Same as Amanda Cromwell. So like the updates as, they're available to the public will be made available to the public and they're not at this point. So, uh, we move on, but I think it's, it, it's important to note also that Mark, uh, uh, Kirk Corian was asked if he would be the coach. Cause he, he's a former NCAA coach. He won a lot of titles there. That was an F that was, that was an option at this point for the spirit and his response. Absolutely not. So it'll most likely be Angela Salem stepping into that mm -hmm. role, which is honestly like a little crazy to think about that. She was playing a year ago. I she retired about that. a few months later, <laughs> signed on to be an assistant coach. And then with literally within one year of retiring, she's now 
acting head coach. I mean, I'm saying those words. They were not out there. Acting head coach of the Washington Spirit, reigning NWSL champions. Yeah. Like, man, life moves, life moves fast. It does, I was just thinking about, I was like, God, I feel like we were just, we were like just talking to her on here, like with A3, like talking like about her joining up with the Spirit, like going from a former player to retirement to like becoming, uh, you know, someone on the a coach on the coaching staff. And it's just like, it's in here we are like in August, just months and months later and having a different conversation um, about that as well. Uh, some other news in the uh, in the women's soccer world that we want to touch on before we get into making our picks across NWSL weekend. Uh, Alexia Puteas winning once more uh, UEFA Women's Player of the Year going back to back in this one. Congratulations are in order for her for the uh, FC Barcelona player and Spanish international. I just, um, you know, I think, I think about like when the news came out for the euros and how, um, she was going to have to sit that one out due to, you know, lower egg injury and how, how much of maybe a downer that, that was to sort of have for this team as they were getting ready to, to go into this is like, very historic tournament. It just the, the Euros this summer were just like oh, so much fun to watch. And and you look at that Spanish side that has a lot of Barcelona players, you yes. know, representing on the roster, but to not have uh Hermoso and then to to have the news that you're not going to have a Puteas um could have made this team, you know, really, really dejected, but they had uh, a very good Euros. They, they unfortunately were unable to, to make it all the way, but they were very competitive throughout it, and that's what you always want to see at the highest levels of, of soccer. And um, I think uh, it's a very special player that we're, that we're watching here in Alex Patea. So it's two for two for her. So congratulations on her. Truly huge. I think, yeah, the tearing of the ACL was a bit devastating, but this, um, I don't know, it makes me very happy for her. She should be very proud. Uh, she led Barcelona to the Champions League final last summer, 18 goals, 15 assists in La Liga. Uh, just such an incredible, talented player. And although a bit of a setback with this injury, she'll be back. No worries, everyone. Oh, yeah. She'll be back. Yeah, we'll be we'll be back and and you know ooing and eyeing at her performances once more. Uh, the awards keep keep rolling out. Quite frankly, Women's Coach of the Year is going to Serena Wigman, coach of the England Women's National Team. You know, I think maybe the writing was on the wall with that. What sort of coming in with the timeline that she was given, the expectations, quite frankly, that have been placed upon the Lionesses after really the last cycle or so, and then being able to go in and have this team go on. Um, an absolutely extraordinary historic run, I think was uh, was yeah. a big deal, and I think you had a lot of folks voting for her, whether it was on the media side of things or on you know the coaching and player side of things, and that's all always the curious part of uh, of folks' reactions to maybe some of the winners in this one. It's like how was the voting broken down, and it's actually you know a mix of of uh, players, coaches, and and media. So that's always uh, a fun fun thing to sort of take a look at, but congratulations to both Wigman and Puteas, the winners of their respective awards. Some U.S. soccer news a little bit as well here, Lisa. A board meeting took place. Yes, there was a board meeting today. Um, lots of news coming out of U.S. soccer. Shout out to the U.S. men's national team. Their roster for the World Cup will be announced early November um, as as they play England on Black Friday. I mean, I've got it on my calendar. I know I know this is a women's soccer show, but we got to talk about that. because Have that's some, have some uh, holiday leftovers. And yeah, some, some Black Friday shopping in, in between your, your matches, your World Cup matches. Uh, yes, but they're moving the U.S. soccer offices around Chicago uh, to different locations. Just a lot of random news coming out of that. Also that their next 
uh, U.S. Soccer Board meeting will be in San Diego. Um, so it's always good to just keep our finger on that U.S. soccer pulse as it keeps beating away. Yep. Uh, excited to sort of see if anything else comes out uh, from the U.S. men's side. I know that whenever the word roster starts coming around, it sort of puts us in a little bit of a different mindset. Who's going to be on it? Who's going to be left off? And uh, we're here to chat about, uh, you know, the women's national team, of course. But all that stuff is always uh you know, exciting to see the reactions to those when it eventually so exciting. does. Drop. And we gotta we gotta plug our, our family here at CBS Sports. If you're into the US men's national team, you wanna know everything about it, you gotta listen to and watch in soccer. We trust our men's soccer show. It's it's led by Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce. Uh, they do just fantastic stuff. Charlie Davies, it's a great podcast, great live YouTube. Go check it out in soccer we trust. Um they do an incredible job, yeah. all former players that talk about the game. And they'll give you a roster breakdown for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, now they'll give their predictions. Come early November, they'll give their reactions. So go give them a follow so you stay up to date on that. Yeah, shout out to the homies. I'll be watching when that, when that drops. So I appreciate U.S. soccer and the board meeting giving an actual date about when we can actually take a look and, and tune in for that. We're going to hop back into the NWSL action right after a quick break. Lisa and I are going to make some picks ahead of the NWSL matches taking place this weekend. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right. Let's talk about NWSL weekend action. We've got some previews to go through. We've got some picks to make. We've got some more news to talk about, but we want to weave it into some of these previews. So let's start with Orlando Pride versus OL Rain. Lisa, we've got Another team returning to regular season action, uh, similar to to Portland. All Rain, our current uh, Women's Cup champions, mm -hmm. defeating Racing Louisville in the Women's Cup tournament that took place last weekend. And now they are going to face a pretty hot Orlando Pride team, uh, extending their undefeated streak to seven. Who are you picking in this one? Yes, this is the the first time Orlando Pride and Noel Rain are playing each other in this regular season. Um, and uh, for Orlando, they're seven games undefeated right now under Seb Hines, who has just really done a fantastic job with this team. They're, they're so fun to watch Orlando play right now. And we saw the last loss that Orlando faced was against a Portland side that was very good and a very tough team. And now we've seen this 
Orlando team really turn things around with the personnel that they have. We're seeing a lot of youth under Seb Hines getting a lot of minutes, um, and he's really proud of what they've been able to do. But on the other side, O.L. Rain, as you mentioned, coming off the Women's Cup championship, um, this is a, a team that wants to win the shield. They want to be number one in the standings. This is an OL Reign side that wants to do everything in their power to keep grinding away and be an incredible team um, this season. And they have the firepower to do that. That's uh, some of the most fun thing to look at because OL Reign is coming off of a 4-1 domination in regular season play over Gotham FC. So between these two sides, it's going to be in Orlando at Exploria Stadium. Um, I, I see this one being a huge battle. I don't think Orlando is going to make it easy for OL Reign at all and, and vice versa. We look at the goalkeeper battle between these two with Fallon Tullis-Joyce and Aaron McLeod, two incredible goalkeepers that um, have played every minute for their clubs respectively this season. They've got a, a lot on the line, a lot of pressure on both of them. I see it as a narrow OL Reign win, though. Very, very narrow. Like, one nothing in this one. Um, I just think it's it's going to come down to the midfield between these two sides. A very experienced OL Reign midfield and a very young um, Orlando Pride midfield to to see what they can do with Viviana Villacorta, who's just been tremendous for, or for Orlando. But, I mean, look at what OL Reign has. They've got Megan Rapino up top. They've got Rose Lavelle. They've got Jess Fishlock. They've got Quinn. It's going to be in the midfield for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you hundred percent. I, I, I love what we've been watching out of this, uh, you know, iter- this, this iteration of Heinz, Orlando pride, you know, what we've been seeing from them. And the thing about streaks in this league is they ultimately come to do it. And, um, and I am curious if, if this is going to be the game in which that happens. Um, you do have an old rain side that's returning to NWSL action, but it's not like they took like, you know, weeks off or anything no. like that. They were active in the women's cup. They, they won. If anything, they might be coming back into NWSL action a bit stronger because a lot of their bench, many of their depth players saw a lot of time over the course of the two matches that took place in the women's cup. And if anything, that's something that you want for your team as you prepare to sort of make this trek down the final third of the season and then sort of go through this playoff push. And I'm with you. My eyes are all in the midfield in the middle third for, for this team. And I just, I look at what's available for, for that defensive line. Uh, in Orlando Pride, and I take a look at somebody like I don't know Rose Lavelle, who exists, you know, and and for 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 OL Reign, and I think if I think looking at a player like Quinn, especially someone who's able to to go ahead and kind of set tempo and dictate things a little bit, is gonna is gonna make it a difficult day for for Orlando Pride. But on the other side of that, even though I'm going with all rain in this one. I'm really looking forward to seeing Ali Watt get some time against yes. the whole team. I think these types of games are always, you know, exciting and they bring a level of excitement um, for neutral to sort of watch and, and, and see. So uh, I'm going to go with all rain, but I wouldn't mind at least seeing an Ali Watt goal in this one. We'll have to and, come back and see if we're correct. And that's, that's not a stretch. She subs on for Orlando oh, in man. the last match against Gotham and, and knocks a goal. So like great trade by Orlando. Yep. Um, yeah. The, the battle and the yeah. energy between Watt and this rain yeah, side are going to we'll be see. there. I'm going to say that it's going to be maybe even like a narrow one, maybe like a two one, even putting yeah. a scoreline on it. Look, this whole rain side has, we've seen them attack in waves and waves and waves and, and deliver crosses and deliver shots and like building up the stats. And like some of these score lines end up like one zero, you know, despite yeah. that. But I have to imagine that at this point uh, in the season, as you're sort of, 
finalizing things and, and sort of having, you know, things like cohesion kind of come settle into place. Uh, I would imagine that maybe this is a game in which they give that back line a bit of a headache. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we're both correct. And this one is when we do the recap. Let's chat a little bit about racing Louisville FC versus Chicago Red Stars. Uh, Chicago Red Stars trying to hang on to this, this sixth place. Uh, have gone two weeks now with the uh, back-to-back losses. Uh, haven't necessarily dropped out over the last two weeks of that upper half of the table that they have not really been able to do themselves any favors in terms of providing themselves any cushion within that spot it's a very very tight table in the standings right now and you've got a racing side coming off of the women's cup listen we, we saw Wang Shuang go ahead and, and get to open up her goal scoring account with racing Nadia Nadim getting on the board uh, again another team that it's not like they took some time off over yeah. this over this course uh, of last weekend but uh, I'm curious as to who's going to come out on top of this one Lisa because we've got two teams in very different positions than they were in the first half of this year. We're talking Challenge Cup and even in the earlier match between these two teams. Now, near the end of August, with teams in the midst of a playoff push, I'm curious if this one has the makings of a draw, but I don't know if I'm going that way. Okay, so you're just dangling the carrot in front of us. Draw or not. I'm not going to draw. I have Racing Louisville winning this one. It's, It's the first match on Saturday. Orlando Rain is the only match on Friday, and this one kicks off uh, three matches in a row for Saturday evening, 7.30 Eastern, and it's the second time these two teams have played. And as you just mentioned, both Chicago and Louisville in incredibly different spots right now than they were even two weeks ago when you look at this. So 2-1, Chicago won the last time, but now they're playing at – Louisville is playing at home at Lynn Family Stadium. Uh, Racing Louisville is three games undefeated. Meanwhile, Chicago, they've hit – a bit of a skid. They're coming off two back-to-back losses. They've lost four of their last five and dropped three points in all of those. And that's just not great. It's They're struggling right now, Chicago. And I see where you're coming up with a draw in this one um, because Chicago's the team that can turn it on. And, and they've got a midfield that can do incredible things, a listener and goal. They, they have a lot of the great pieces. But when I look at Racing Louisville and what they've been able to do, as you just mentioned, Wang Shuang, uh, Jess McDonald, Nadia Nadim, uh, Savannah DeMello, Gemma Bonner in the back line, like Katie Lund, but literally the list goes on. I'm just rattling off their roster, it feels like at this point. But the talent that Racing Louisville has and what they've been able to do together has been truly phenomenal. They This is a team that works so well together, moving the ball, moving off the ball, um, going quickly on transition, sending crosses in, offset pieces. They can punish teams in a variety of ways. And that's why I'm going to stick with Racing Louisville. Did I convince you to pick a winner or are you sticking with your draw? No, I just think there's too much familiarity here. I just really think that the form of both of these two teams right now doesn't really sway me one way or the other, quite frankly. Uh, I really do see Racing Louisville just unfortunately kind of stuck in a pattern right now, one that they're kind of unable to get out. I think they've got a little bit of an eye on 2023 i don't mm-hmm. know if you bring in uh, a player like Schwang and anticipate okay yes this is the answer we're going to go on this incredible groundbreaking 
historic run and push to the playoffs. I think maybe there's a little bit of an eye on 2023 and trying to make sure you kind of close out your season with a bit of momentum, which they have done. I mean, you know, and if you're sort of a lower bottom half table team and, and you're still going out there and you're playing competitively and you're going out there and you're competing against other teams that might be playing with a different sense of urgency, I don't think that's anything to sort of turn your nose down at. I think that the fact that you've got players that look like they are, you know, excited to play with each other and for each other, I think bodes well for them down the line, especially when they've got the mix of veteran players players and, and kind of young core that they have right now. So I'm 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 excited to see the the continued development of somebody like a Jalen Howe, somebody like a Savannah DeMello. But on the other side for Chicago, they're like very thin at their roster. The transfer yeah. window the transfer window has come and gone and Chicago has quite frankly not given like made any indication that they are going to be adding anything to their team, which is unfortunate because they are coming off of a game where uh they might be without somebody like a Tatum Malazzo. We're recording this before an availability report has dropped. So there's some unknowns there about where her health is at. There's some unknowns there about, um, you know, Aaron Wright, who was out with their previous game due to an ankle injury. I don't know. Does does somebody come back from an ankle injury in, in one week? We'll find out when the availability report drops. But they are incredibly thin in their defensive back position right now. And if the if all signs are pointing to pushing somebody back like a Bianca St. George's, I think you're losing something in your attack if you're the Chicago Red Stars, quite frankly. She's been very, very good for them at, uh, at wing back there. So uh, I would imagine that I'm sticking for a draw in this one, um, but I hope we at least get some goals. I hope it's not going to be a 0-0 or, you know, maybe at least we get a 1-1. So we'll see. You're going racing. I'm going Chicago. Let's chat a little bit about Houston Dash, Washington Spirit. Some news before we really dive into this one. We've already discussed some updates with the dismissal of Chris Ward. It's going to be the first game that they, uh, you know, go ahead on the road uh, without uh, their head coach. Emily Sonnet was recently placed on season-ending injury list with a foot injury. So there are some adjustments mm -hmm. that they made ahead of this one, Lisa. Yeah, this is uh, pretty big news. We we knew um, the injury was maybe a little bit more serious than has been led on because Emily Sonnet was left off the US WNT roster that came out earlier this week. But uh, the Washington Spirit has signed Marissa Shiva and Audrey Harding to full-time contracts through the end of the season, they were both national team replacement players that saw significant time during the CONCACAFW championship when the Spirit were missing like seven or eight players. So uh, two players that came in and Shiva and Harding that definitely made a difference, made an impact, and now they get a contract for the end of the year. So perhaps we'll see them this weekend. Um, Kelly O'Hara also dealing with a bit of an injury um, at, at some at some point. So we saw her uh, actually being taken off the USWNT roster after she was named to it. A bit of change happening there as uh, Kansas City defender Haley Mace was put back on the USWNT roster, a player that has not been on the U.S. senior national team for a, a while now, working her way back in. Uh, so that's a, another little bit of news that surrounds Washington with Kelly O'Hara and, and Emily Sonnet, but um, in Kansas City a little bit with Haley Mace. I know. I mean, I don't know. I think in this one, Lisa, when you're looking at the dash with the spirit, I know the the dash are coming off of a week that saw them kind of rise and fall a little bit in, in, in the standings, but um, still 
quite frankly, keeping pace for for that shield and and gunning first place potentially. I think when you're looking at these two, um, after having a little bit of time to kind of regroup and con- all things considered on the spirit side of things, I don't know if this spirit team uh, strikes lightning twice. Quite frankly, we saw this franchise go through a pretty rocky 2021 season. Um, saw a lot of negative headlines around uh, the franchise and the front office and ownership specifically. And the team just sort of rallied uh, amongst one another and went on that incredible run. I don't know if they do that again in, in this in this year. And I don't uh, really know, quite frankly, if they've got enough time uh, to do that. They, they, they're they one of the teams that have fewer games remaining on their schedules. So I'm excited to see, you know, Angela Salem, you know, get the chance to to lead this team into uh you know into a match against Houston Dash but again I just don't know if that's enough I think if anything Houston Dash perhaps are looking at this one and saying let's try to bounce back you yeah. know after after dropping you know after a missed opportunity perhaps they could have you know gotten that win over San Diego and created some of that cushion you know whether it was even amongst you know perhaps some of the tiebreakers where you know things could shake down to so I'm going with the dash in this one I want to see them uh you know pick up the win against uh Washington Spirit how about you I like that you're picking Houston in this one I think um I don't know. I'm I'm like debating right now between a draw and a Houston win. Um, yeah, I was, my, yeah, I was like, this one could be a draw. <laughs> I'm putting all my cards on the table yeah. as I say this one. I mean, everything you just said about Houston rings true. They're they're coming off of that three one loss to San Diego, where um, they they probably could have won this one. They are a team that can score goals. And we've seen that there's 15 goals for Houston in their last six games. So when they score, they do it in a, in a (laughs) abundance of ways. And and you look at someone like Ebony Salmon that um, has just been fantastic. She just got a call up to the English national team, which is huge for her. So that makes me think she'll have an extra little spark under her knowing that um, she got the call up and now everyone knows it because it's been made public. Um, And then on the Washington side, it's the first game for them without Chris Ward. Angela Salem will most likely be leading the team. Does that change anything for this Washington side? Perhaps, honestly, perhaps it does. But then they're playing without Emily Sonnet. They're playing without Kelly O'Hara. Those are two big-time veteran players on this squad that can help turn things around and help get things going. And I just think it's a little bit too late for Washington spirit. Um I don't want to go with the draw in this one. I like to only pick one draw, so I'm going to save it. I'm going to go with Houston. I'll double up with you on this one. I think Ebony Salmon will bounce back. This team defensively will bounce back with Naughton, Prysock, Campbell. Uh, they'll tighten up against this Washington side that that moves quick in transition, but Houston, they'll be ready for it because they just saw it against San Diego, how teams can be quick, uh, put the pressure on, go in transition, look to be a little bit more direct, which is what Washington might try to do. And, and Houston will be ready for it this time. I'm here with you. We're both going Houston. Let's talk a little bit about Portland Thorns versus San Diego Wave. We got a battle between the first place team and the second place team in the standings. Three teams level with 28 points right now in the standings. This one might have some real indications down the stretch. When you're looking at these two teams matching up against each other, they're the last match to take place on Saturday. There's going to be a little bit of NWSL after dark action. Who are you picking in this one, Lisa? 
It is NWSL after dark for sure. The last time Portland and San Diego played, it was a 2-2 draw. We saw in that match, Taylor Korniak for the wave. She got yep. a brace. Um, and, and Portland's coming off a midweek game in which they just lost to North Carolina. Uh, but they sat some players. Reen Wilkinson had a bit of rotation. Sophia Smith um, and, and Becky Sauron playing about 60 minutes. No Sam Coffey, no Christine Sinclair, no Bella Bigsby. So those players will be fresh for this match. Um, meanwhile, San Diego Wave, they have Jaden Shaw back after she was away with the U.S. youth team. They're coming off a big 3-1 win over Houston. Um, th- this match between these two sides, like this is the one that I'm like, I just don't know <laughs> about this team I, I love it there. though it'll be in portland in providence um honestly i my gut is saying san diego i think they're going to get back on the winning side of it but i'm going to go with portland because it's at home they're coming off of a midweek loss that they're probably pissed about over north carolina they want to stay at the top of the standings and and they've got to get back on the winning side of things they just broke their streak of win games or undefeated games and and they want to get on the other side of it close this season out be staying at number 1 so i'm sticking with portland and going with it you know what i hate to do it you know but i'm i'm feeling portland in this one as well i i know san diego is coming off of of a really big win, right? You're talking about a, a three-team race right now, really a four- to five-team race for, for the Shield, but you've got three teams who are level on points right now, and you've got San Diego coming out on top uh, against that that Houston Dash side. But, you know, this was a win that sort of came off of some, some inconsistent results, right? Coming off of two back-to-back losses prior to that win, uh, a draw sprinkled within within their last uh, four four or five games. So I think this was a, this was that result was a big one for them, but I think there's something about this Portland thorn sides. That's going to present some different challenges for them. Um, I'm, I loved the first iteration of uh, Sophia Smith versus Naomi Girma. I'm very excited to see it again in this one. And uh, I'm hopeful that we do get some some goals, that we do get some some exciting soccer. But I do wonder if something like the the midweek game will come back and bite Portland in, in this one. If um, the long travel from East Coast to West Coast will come back and, and bite them. But I do think that we could see Sophia Smith have another really strong game. I felt like she just was, you know inches or millimeters from potentially getting a goal in that game against uh, the courage. This was the other game for me that I was struggling. I was like, well, maybe I'll choose this one as my draw. But uh, I think Portland has shown that um, they can do well in terms of their player rotation, that they've got players to, to step up when uh, when they need them to step up. And uh, they're no strangers to having to, you know, pick up results coming off of of midweek matches. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Thorns in this one as well. I think that they're going to be hungry for this game in particular. So we'll see. Uh, wow. We're both correct. Uh, in that one. Let's chat a little bit about the doubleheader that's going to take place on Sunday. We've got New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC versus Angel City FC. Gotham looking for a win. They have been winless for their last six games, seven games. Uh, and you've got Angel City that have still y- have uh, yet to make the leap into that upper half of the table despite picking up some uh, results. So they've got two draws and a win in their last three matches, I I have to imagine, Lisa, that they're looking at this one and saying, okay, we have got to take care 
of business yeah. here. But I don't know if it's going to be uh, so easy for this Angel City side. Who do you got in this one? I have Angel City winning this one. Um, they're traveling to Red Bull Arena, so it's a home match for Gotham. It's the second meeting between these two sides, and Gotham beat Angel City the first time, 1-0. It was a goal from Ifeoman Amanu, and, and that was it. I think we've seen an evolution and, and a turn of page from Angel City um, where they want to push to be in that top playoff spot, which uh, is something that is doable for this Angel City side, but it starts this weekend getting three points against Gotham. Um, Gotham haven't won in six games. They're on a downward tick, coming off of a 2-1 loss to Orlando. They got a goal in that match, which is good, but it's not good enough, right? Like, And and against an Angel City side, that may be enough to just get one, because we've seen Angel City fall to a lot of draws that way. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that Los Angeles, the, the city of angels and angel city, they're going to pull through on this one and, and ultimately get the win on the East coast um, and, and come up big with three points at the end of this one. Yeah, I hear you. I think, you know, humanities has been tasked with being the interim head coach and, and trying to perhaps, mm -hmm. you know, at the very least, just sort of navigate this team through the remainder of their season season. Gotham has a, you know, a number of, of games under uh, remaining in, in their regular season, but I don't know if there's enough here uh, for them to go on some ridiculous run. They've made a couple of moves to sort of close out this international window. We talked about them picking up Victoria Pickett from Kansas City uh, Current. They went ahead and they also signed an additional defender, a Brazilian international Ruinha. So I'm I'm curious as to how uh you know they they see these players fitting in to the current roster, to the current team, to the current, you know, formation and what they're trying to present uh, you know, with the remainder of games they have left in this season. I would love to see a, a really good, strong, competitive match against Gotham. Perhaps the injection of new players can help do that. Uh, but, you know, this was, again, another one of those games where I'm like, is this is this the one that I want to give my draw to? You know, we saw a very narrow win from Gotham over Angel City, but that was at a much different time and in a much different place of the season. I think you got an Angel City side that is hungry and thirsty to sort of break in, back in, quite frankly, into that upper half of the table and try to continue their playoff push. So I'm going to go with Angel City in this one, but right. I don't imagine that it's going to be this high goal-scoring affair. I think it might be narrow. I think we might get uh, a 1-0 or maybe even a 2-1 because something else that we've seen from Angel City is they've been conceding constantly, very late in game. So we'll see if they can hang on to a 1-0 or a 2-1. I'm going Angel City in this one. Last, I don't, I don't know if I see a 2-0. There's something about Gotham. They they get goals. Oh, no, no, no. I said 1-0 or 2-1. <laughs> okay, 1-0, well, 1-0. There you go. Yeah. Well, like Angel City has been, you know, they've been conceding late. And Gotham has been yeah. scoring late. Yeah. So there's the makings of that. You know, so that's what I'm like. That's what also made me go a little bit back and forth as if I wanted to give an actual result or a draw. So I'm going to go Angel City, narrow scoreline. Let's talk about this last one, Lisa. It's Kansas City Current versus North Carolina Courage. Uh, quick turnaround if you're the North Carolina team in this one. And Kansas City Current, the hosts, trying to build on their undefeated streak as well. Uh, again, we chatted a little bit about Haley Mace getting called into the national team as a replacement for Kelly O'Hara. So this is a very exciting time, I think, mm -hmm. for this KC Current time, uh, team. It looks like they're having a lot of fun, quite frankly, as they're continuing their playoff push. And uh, I don't know. I think maybe if we were previewing a game like this one, Lisa, 
couple weeks ago, maybe we'd feel differently. Yeah. But North Carolina Courage finally built themselves a little streak, two wins, and we've got Kansas City Current, you know, who had to come from behind on a penalty to go ahead and get a draw against Angel City. Who do you got in this one? I have a draw between okay, these two you sides. For this one. I okay. saved my draw for this match between Kansas City and North Carolina because this 11-game undefeated streak for Kansas City, it's not going to end now. That they, It's just not. They're a team that is too hot. They're playing with confidence. They're having so much fun doing it. Um, but – This game at home, they're going up against a North Carolina team that's coming off midweek action. That 3-1 win over Portland from being at home for North Carolina gave them a lot of confidence coming into it. And and we have to remember the last time these two sides played because it was 4-3. It was a a back-and-forth match with seven different goal scorers in this one. North Carolina goes up. Kansas City equalizes. Then Dabinia gets one for North Carolina. Then Lola Bonta equalizes before half. Then North Carolina, and then Kansas City immediately responds. It was so back-and-forth. It was so exciting. I think we're going to see that much excitement again in this one. But um, the last time, Kansas City closed out with with two back-to-back at the end of that match to take the win. And I think it'll just end in a draw between these two sides and they'll split points to end the weekend uh, of NWSL matches. Yeah, I hear you. I listen. This was an, there were a ton of games this weekend where I was like, "There's a few of these that I think could be pegged for a draw." And I thought that the previous match between these two teams was headed toward a draw then, but it sure turns out it was just a wild goal scoring affair with seven goals between them. But I think Kansas City Current is going to be a little bit motivated by that. Quite frankly, I think they're going to want to finish strong. I think we heard from Lola Bonta in that post game against Angel City specifically that they were not happy with their last couple performances that they didn't want to concede, uh, you know, as many goals as they did against North Carolina Courage and then having to come from behind against this Angel City side by way of penalty kicks. So I think that this is going to be a game where we still get to continue to see some of the uh, really exciting attack that we've seen from Kansas City Current, but perhaps an opportunity to sort of flex their defensive muscles as well. And I think they're going to try to pull off the win in this one. And I think that the midweek action might come back and bite the Courage in this one as well. So I'm going to actually go with the result and I'm going to go with Kansas City current in this one, especially because there are those unknowns against somebody like a Diana or Donez. If she's available, I think, hey, you're probably on par for your draw. But if she's not available, I think it's going to be a long day at the office on the pitch. But we'll see. We'll be back to recap all of these games and see how our picks shook out in this one. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and for listening to Attacking Third. Uh, Thanks, everybody who has voted for us in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Check your emails if you've been selected to vote for us in the final round a quick programming note lisa and i are going to be back on monday morning to recap the weekend's games and we'll go go live for you so lisa's going to be on the road traveling and calling these games so we need a little bit of cushion to make sure she gets back home safely uh, and joining us to talk about the game so make sure you're subscribed on youtube to know when we go live and we'll be back to recap all the matches for sandra herrera and lisa roman this was attacking first. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.